Good morning. I got a question for you. It's not my notes. Uh, how many of you think God wants to set some people free today? <clears throat> I believe he wants to do it today, and I want to pray before we start. Father, you're unmistakably here. Your presence through your spirit is powerful and real. God, I believe you want to set people free today from the feelings of shame and guilt and worthlessness. You want to set people free from bondage this morning. So we're going to ask that you do it like only you can do it. Your powerful name conquers all today in this place. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hey, church, this morning we are in the middle of a series called Identity Theft. And what we've been talking about is simply this. I can catch you up in like 30 seconds. Uh, basically, it goes like this. We've all believed a lie. And our identity has been stolen from really, truly God's identity for us. His identity is found in not what we do and not uh, how we dress and not how much money we have and not how good we are at something. It's found in one thing only, and it's in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we get a hold of our identity in him, it radically changes everything that we know about ourselves. Here's some things we know that we were made to be loved by a loving God. And that love that is given freely satisfies what? Completely. That's right. Then we also talked about the fact that we are accepted by God. That we don't have to earn things or be prove things to God. He freely accepts us the way we are. That's good news, isn't it? This morning we want to talk about another simple truth that we are worthy. We're worthy. You are worthy. We're going to unpack what that means this morning. Many of you would say, well, I don't feel so worthy. And I know that because I hear it. I hear it all the time. I don't feel worthy of, of, of serving in God's church. I don't feel worthy of going to church. I don't feel worthy of having a relationship with God. Why would Jesus do all that for me? Don't feel worthy. I hear it. And I see it because here's what happens. When somebody has an issue or a problem or a hang-up in their life and they're ashamed of it, here's what they do. They leave God's church. Because they don't feel worthy to be here. That's why we talk about all the time, this place is a place where no perfect people are allowed. Because there's not a one of us that's got it all together. And then I also see uh, a vast majority of our community is not stepping foot in any church. Guess why? Very few of them need convincing that they're sinners and they're broken. Most of them know it. But they're so ashamed and guilt-ridden, they don't think that they're worthy to go. So I know that's true. And all those, all those things really get wrapped up in one thing. It's an issue of identity because we all long to feel worthy, don't we? We all want to feel like we're something special, don't we? Very few of us feel that way about ourselves. Very few. See, here's, here's the deal. If being not worthy means that you, you, when you say that, you say, I don't feel worthy because you're comparing yourself to someone else then I got news for you. That's a big fat lie. And it's a bunch of junk to think, well, maybe that person's worthy. They've got it together. And and surely God likes them or loves them and approves them and thinks they're worthy, but not me. That just simply isn't true. If not feeling worthy means that you're not worthy of God and his love and his attention, here's what I got news for you. That is simply a matter of false opinion, false feelings, or believing that you've got to do something and perform some way in order to earn his worthiness. And it's not true. It's almost like we live on a big hamster wheel 
You guys have all seen them, right? And we're little hamsters for Jesus, just running, 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 trying to keep up, trying to show them, hey, hey, look at me. I've got it all, I've got, I think I'm doing okay right here until I fall off the wheel. You know, when we feel wordless, it's usually tied to something very specific, either a past hurt or a present habit. When we feel worthless, there's guilt and shame that goes with worthlessness, doesn't there? And it's usually tied to a past hurt or a present habit. Can I tell you this morning, we want God to identify that in your life. We want God to hone in on that. And I pray, we're praying that he would wreck that today. He would remove that today. That you would no longer feel worthless because of shame or guilt. Uh, shame and guilt gets to all of us. It gets the best of us at times. It need not to. Maybe you feel a lot like Denver. I got a little video clip about Denver. Maybe you can relate to how Denver feels with shame and guilt in your life. Take a look. All right. Well, apparently while I was out, somebody got into the kitty cat treats. Now, look at the suspects. Suspect number one. You, Macy, see your face. Did you do this? Did you? I don't think you did. Number two. Denver, did you do this? Denver, was this you? Denver, you won't look at me. Did you? What? Denver, did you do this? Look at me. Come here. Let me see. Let me see your face. Oh my goodness, Denver, you didn't. You did this? You got in the kitty cat's treats while I was gone? I can't believe it. Are you sorry about it? Okay. You know the routine. In the kennel. Go on. Very disappointed. You're in the penalty box. You let it happen. Well, I hope you're happy too. That's pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> That's just purely pathetic. You know, we all are ashamed of things that we've done. We all struggle with that. But here's where it becomes an identity issue. When we start believing the things we're ashamed of and the things we're guilty of define who we are. That's where it becomes a real identity issue and a real problem. Because God says, no matter what you've done or what you're doing or what's been done to you, that is not, hear me clear, that is not who you are. 
You are so much more than that. In fact, you're worthy of great honor. Uh, I can tell you there's times in my life I feel ashamed. Anytime I end up at the store in my pajamas, <laughs> you know, you never plan that, but like you, you're out and you need to grab something, you know, you can't help but feel a little ashamed, right? No, somebody doesn't. Um, anytime I drive by his and hers off the bypass there, I feel a little dirty. I'll be honest with you. If you're local, you know what I'm talking about. It's a love shop in a trailer. Enough said. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Only in Jackson County. But seriously, there's some things in my life that's, that's wrapped up in guilt that I feel worthless from. Um, I remember getting cut from the team in high school and thinking, man, I'm nobody. I wanted that more than anything else because then I'd be somebody. I can remember uh, going to Georgia Tech. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. And realizing that I was the dumbest guy in my hall <laughs> and going, wow, I feel really stupid here. I feel really stupid here. I can also tell you I've struggled with sin in my life. And that has beat me up. I've had feelings of not feeling worthy to lead a church or to be a pastor to anybody. But that simply isn't true. So turn with me in your Bibles, if you will. As we've been looking at our identity, uh, the book of Ephesians was was tailor-written for that purpose in mind to show us who our identity is. So in Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 3 this morning. It unpacks... Uh, some of the truths of who we really are in Christ, some unbelievable, simple, yet profound truths about you and about me and who God says we are. So if you're there, uh, Ephesians 1, 3, let me start reading. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be what? holy and blameless in his sight. God's saying this, look, I am so amazed at you. Paul's writing this and he's going, he's getting fired up about it. He's like, God loves me. He's crazy about me. I'm praising God because he says I'm something special. And I got news for you. He is crazy about you. He thinks you're something special. Every single one of you in here, in fact, I'm going to have you do something here this morning, and uh, your neighbor's going to do it too, so you're not weird. You don't have to make eye contact. All right? It's cool. But here, in the count of three, what I'm going to have you guys say is, I am, I am worthy and I am special, however you want to say that. Let's say, I am special. I said on the count of three, y'all. Come on. They're extra special. Yeah, they're extra special. <laughs> oh, I had, a, I had a zinger there. I won't use it. All right, ready? One, two, three. I am special. Yeah. Now, here's what I want you to say. Don't look at each other, right? That's too weird. Now say this. Not done yet. God is crazy about me. All right, we're going to say that account of three. Ready? One, two, three. God is crazy about me. And that feel pretty good, doesn't it? But it's simply true. And Paul got a glimpse of that. He's like, man, praise God that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose me before creation and I'm holy and blameless in his sight. He's fired up about it and we should get fired up about it too. See, he created you so that he could love you. 
He created you so he loved you. He, of course, he accepts you. He created you the way you are, so, and he accepts you just the way you are. And he makes you worthy, and he finds you worthy. And what we mean by worthy is simply this. When, you, when I say that you're worthy and God says you're worthy, excuse me, worthy. It's not just a matter that he he tolerates you, that he'll kind of keep you around. What it means is he's nuts about you and he loves you just the way you are. He's proud of you and you're valuable to him right now, right here, wherever you are today. He says, I'm proud of you and you're valuable to me. Not after you've proven something for him, not after you've done something great for him, not he's going to wait and see how you turn out and then pass judgment on whether he puts his seal of approval on you. He says right here, right now, today, I think you're special. You're worthy. See, it's not based on anything else. Look what the verse said. It said he chose us in him when before the creation of the world. How much good stuff had you done for God then? Not a lot. How much have you screwed up by then? Not a whole lot. (laughs) He says, I find you worthy before the creation of the world. So here's the deal. Your value is beyond your undoing. Your value is beyond your own undoing of it. What do I mean by that? Uh, in Genesis one twenty seven, God is describing creation and the pinnacle of his, cre- of his creation was Adam and Eve. And this is what he said. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Now, what does it mean to be created in the image of God? I think, I think theologians make this way more complicated than it needs to be. An image is created to reflect the original. Isn't that what an image does? An image simply reflects the actual creation. Well, let me let me just uh, let me just uh, do this by example. I'm going to throw a picture up on. I want you to look at the picture. You got the picture for me? Any of those three? Hey, who are you thinking about? Now, why are you thinking about Honest Abe? Because you see his image and it reflects who it is. Give me another one. Try not to think about her. Looking at that, right? You're thinking of her because you see her image. One more. Yeah. What's up, dog? You're thinking of, uh, you're thinking of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, right? Here's, here's what you gotta understand. Each one of us is a snapshot, is an image is a picture of the living God. Each one of us is a reflection of the living true God. Each one of us has great value because each one of us is made in his image and being in his image means we are a replication of the replicator. We are a picture of the creator. We bear his image and we have value because he is unlimited value and we are a reflection of his value. That is your identity and that is my identity. That's who God made you and that's who God made me. There is no other way around it. That is who you are because that's who you were created to be. See, your value is beyond your undoing. Get this, because your value is in, rooted in who you reflect. Your value is undone. You can't undo what God's done because your value and my value is rooted in who we reflect. And we all reflect who? God himself. The very image of God. You might say, well, I don't 
I don't reflect him very well. No, you can't help it. Well, I, I'm not sure I want to reflect him or, or maybe if I was honest, I would say I'm really not so much worried about reflecting him and showing him. I'm, I'm pretty busy uh, reflecting someone else, myself, promoting my own image and my own glory and my own beauty and my own worthiness and my own whatever. You know, it's true that some of us probably reflect the creator's glory more than others. But all of us, get this, all of us reflect his glory on some level. Every single one of us. It's in our nature and we can't. Think about this. Anytime you choose to love somebody, whose nature are you reflecting? God's. Anytime you forgive, anytime you give, anytime you laugh, anytime you cry, anytime you smile, There's something about us that is different than every other creation. And all those things are reflecting the nature of God. So you can't help it. You and I were created to reflect him. That's who we are. And that's what we were made to be. It's because your value is rooted in who you reflect. It's rooted in who you reflect. It is not rooted in what you do. Am I I saying that clear enough? It's not rooted in what you don't do. That's a double negative, I know. It is not rooted in how good you do something or how bad you do something, how much you have or how little you have. You could go the wrong way on either extreme here. It is rooted in Him. So your self-image. So I think we struggle with our self-image. What? Who am I really? So your self-image is rooted in His image. And tell yourself that. You can be rooting it in something you do great in. And you go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's not who I am. I'm made in his image. And when you're low and you realize you think that you're nothing and worthless. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not who you are. Your image, your self-image is my image. So we are made in his image. But if you know Jesus Christ, it gets even better. You were recreated in his image. Check this out. Not only did he say he made you holy and blameless in his sight, this is done in Christ. And look what it says here. He says in Christ you get every spiritual blessing in him. How much of God did you get when you accepted Christ? I think you get the whole thing. You get every bit of him. He's poured into you. And we get to reflect him even better knowing Christ. Here's what, here's what I'm trying to say. God has put his seal of approval on you. He's put his seal of approval on you. Um, if you were going to go away for the weekend and you had two kids and one of the kids gets into trouble all the time, any little loophole, they're jumping through it. You with me? You know that kind of kid? You got that kid? And then you've got another kid that always does what, does what they're told, always follows the rule most of the time, and they're very responsible. You might treat, if you left one of them at home one weekend and one the other weekend, you might treat your weekends a little different. With that first kid, you got a pit in your stomach the whole time you're gone. You're sending neighbors to go by and say, hey, check on the house. You come home early to see if anything's jacked up. You do. 
Well, that other kid, you go, here's the keys to the car. Here's all the food in the fridge. Help yourself. I know I can trust you with my stuff because you are, what's the word? Worthy, special, whatever you want there. That's right. You might say, I'm that screwed up kid. No, you're not. No, you're not. You say, well, I feel like that screwed up kid. I keep messing things up in my life. Can I tell you something? If you are in Jesus Christ, if you entered into a relationship with God through his son, then God has given you the keys to the house. He's given you the keys to the car. And he said, you are worthy. I've given you the keys. I trust you. I'm counting you worthy in my son and you are that kid and you can, if, and you are, you're all that I want you to be if you'll simply trust me. Uh, how many, anybody do, uh, car work, restore old cars? Ever done that? Quite a few of you. Do you just pick any make or model? You're looking for a certain car to rewake, aren't you? If I said the year 57, you're 1957. What kind of car are you going to rebuild? Shelby. Oh, I heard Shelby. <laughs> Most people would say Chevy. <laughs> 57 Chevy. Why would you remake that car? Because it is unique. It's beautiful. It's special. It's that certain year. It has great value. Here, guys. Hear me real clear. Out of the billions of people on the planet, God says, it looks at you and goes, you've got that value. You're the make and the model I'm looking for. You're the one I want to restore. You're the one that if I just put a little work in you, I'll remake you and you'll be something beautiful in Christ. Wow. Scripture says it this way. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. You know what an ambassador is, right? They represent the company or they represent the, the, the country or they represent someone on someone else's behalf. They are the representative to somebody else, right? And so God is saying, listen, you, each one of you in Christ, when I remake you in Christ and I give you every spiritual blessing in Christ, here's the deal. You are now my ambassador. I'm demonstrating my love and mercy and goodness and grace through you. Because you reflect my glory. And when you're in Christ, you reflect it even more. And so I've chosen you to be my ambassadors. God's saying, I'm hanging my reputation on you. You don't feel that worthy of such an honor, do you? Sometimes I don't. It doesn't matter. We still are. I'm not sure. I didn't ask. I didn't sign up to be an ambassador. I didn't sign up to be like God's representative. You didn't choose that, but he gave it to you anyway. You are that. You and I are that. We are his ambassadors. We are his representatives. See, we were created and recreated in Christ to, to reflect his glory, and our value is rooted in who we reflect. Um, most of you might know this story if you've been in church at all, but I'm going to retell it because it's such a powerful story. See, so here's the deal. In Luke chapter 15 tells this story and Jesus is hanging out with a bunch of, um, um, people that were very unworthy in his day. Uh, tax collectors who were looked at as people that had sold out to the government, the foreign government, and they were hated in their country. 
He was hanging out with prostitutes. He was hanging out with the quote-unquote sinners. And he was hanging out with these people. And then what their common theme was is they all felt very unworthy. And the religious people in Jesus' day were trying to bust him on this and said, Look, why are you hanging out with these people? Don't you know what they are? Don't you know what they are? Don't you know how unworthy they are, Jesus? So Jesus tells three stories. The third story is what I'm going to tell you today. He says, there was a father who had two sons. And the youngest son came to him and said, "God, uh, Father, who does represent God in the story, he says, Father, I wish you were dead. Give me my half of the inheritance. I'm leaving. So the father does. And the father gives him the money. He goes and he blows it on crazy, wild, stupid living. I mean, he'd have showed up on TMZ. I mean, it would have been ugly. And so he blows all the money. He's starving to death. He's found a job slopping uh, for pigs and hogs, which to a Jew was the ultimate insult because they were unclean. And he decides, look, I can go back and I can work for my father. I'm not worthy. These are his words. You go back and read John, uh, Luke 15. He says, I'm not worthy to be called his son. I'll go to him and I'll say, listen, I'll just come and be a hired servant in your home. At least I'll be well fed. And so that's his plan. And he gets up and he heads back from this foreign country and he's coming back to the father. And and this is so cool. The scriptures say the father sees him and he doesn't just come up, give him a handshake and say, what do you got for you? Say for yourself, boy. That's not the greeting. He doesn't say, I'll let you back in if you prove yourself for a while. He doesn't say, hey, we'll just do a trial period and we'll see if this works out. No, maybe he didn't say, you're right. You're not worthy. But I'll let you be a hired servant. You know what he does? He runs to his son. He runs to him. He throws his arms around him. He starts weeping with his son. And this is what he does. So it's not simply that he lets him back in the home. It goes way beyond that. Listen to what happens. He says, listen, kill the fatted calf. We're going to throw a party. My son is so worthy to come home. Uh, we're, I'm going to give him uh, sandals on his feet. I'm going to give him uh, a robe around him, reinstating him as my son. The best part is he says, get him the ring, the signet ring that shows that he's got all the authority and all the um, worth that I have and put it on his finger because he's not just accepted here. He's found worthy here. I'm proud of him because he's returned home to me. Guys, that's how God feels about you. That's how God feels about you. Every single one of us have been a prodigal. Every single one of us has chosen to go our own way. And when we come running back to the Father, He doesn't just let us in a little bit. He embraces us and loves us back into His home. Because He counts us worthy through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's how we're made worthy. The problem is, is we look and we look and we look for our worth in every other thing. You will be tempted today to find your worth in something else today other than Jesus Christ. And when we do, we blow it, guys. We mess it up. In fact, Israel did this. I'm going to read a verse from Jeremiah. It's so profound because they were the people of God, the chosen ones. They were given his word. They were given the covenant. They were given all kinds of great things. They were given the promised land and they moved into the promised land. They had everything going for them and they were accepted and loved and worthy and they turned their backs on God. 
They chose to find their significance and worth in something other than him. And this is what the prophet Jeremiah said. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. He says, listen, when you do this, it's a double whammy mistake. Not only are you losing and leaving your identity that is secure and purposeful and perfect in Christ, and you're leaving that and you're settling for so much less. You can have streams of living water in me and a cistern and a water that never runs dry and fully quenches and fully satisfies, and you're trading that in for an empty cistern and sucking on a dry rock. But we can choose something different than that, can't we? We can choose to find our identity in the one who is alive and well, Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. I'm asking everybody to do this. In your bulletin, you had a little extra piece of paper in there. There's a little index card cut in half. I want you to pull that out. I want you to write something on there for me. This is is something I want everybody to do. Because here's the deal. We look for our worth in other things. And if you've been sitting here this morning and God's been honing in on something that you've been putting your identity in, you're worth, you think that you're worthy because some other thing is in your life, the God, I want you to write that on that card this morning. Say, I've found my worth in this in the past. And when it's good, I feel really good about myself. And when it's gone, I feel really horrible about myself. So go ahead and write that down. And now some of you might say this, listen, I, I, not only that, but there's something in my life that makes me feel very unworthy. There's a past hurt or a present habit that makes me feel so unworthy of all that you said this morning. And I just feel like, well, that might be true for most of the people in here, but it may not be true for me. And you're hanging on to something saying, I still feel worthless. Write that down on your card right now. You need to write that down. What is keeping you from feeling worthy in the eyes of God? What is it? I want you to take a few seconds just to write those things down. Ask prayerfully. God, if if nothing's coming to mind, say, God, what is it? What is it I'm looking to and going to? What's the dry thing I'm sucking on that is not satisfying me? God, show me what that is because I want to be satisfied in you. Once you've written those things down, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to play a song here in just a second. And it's one thing to admit it to God and hope that he overcomes it. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to write it down. Put it in one of these things. We're going to have them up front here. And as this song goes on, you come up here and you put it on the cross. Whatever your worthlessness, whatever that is, you go and you leave it at the cross. And let Jesus Christ, who he says is true of you, let that define who you are. And you leave it there and it's gone. And every time you start doubting your worth worth, and you start relying on something else for your worth, you go back to the cross and you realize that is who defines me. That's who I am. God says I'm something very special. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we're a proud people. And I know what I've asked this church to do this morning is hard. But I pray, God, that your spirit would move in such a way. You'd bring such conviction into our lives that we cannot help but confess to you. 
Father, I pray you help set people free this morning from the feelings of worthlessness, from the chains and bondage that they might be in, that they would find their worth and identity solely in you, Lord Jesus. God, thank you for calling us holy and blameless. Thank you for choosing us before we had done anything or not done anything. God, thank you that you've given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. God, would you have your way in these moments? In Jesus' name, amen.